the difference between your intelligence and AI intelligence is that it's not coming up with the idea. That's true. Yep. And I don't see the AI being an intentional force because they have no dreams, they have no meaning, they they just take what already exists and reconfigure it. They take yep. my, Joe Rogan's voice and Steve Jobs' voice and they've got words that each of them has said and they put it together and they put it into a conversation. Hi everybody, this is Dan Sullivan and uh, this is Capability Amplifier with uh, Mike Koenigs and uh, uh, this was a wild, wild one, Mike, uh, because we started off with AI uh, and how scary AI is and we ended up with Mike Koenigs Amplified. So this is a very, very exciting adventure for me and uh, you know, and I was able to step back from the model that you created, and uh, I think this is a, everybody's going to find this fascinating. It's um, well, first of all, thank you. And what we began with, like you said, is the AI and the evolution of human labor, and then being able to spend all of your time in your amplified state, or as you said, you amplified. In fact, I registered that domain while we're on here and decided that's the name of my next book. So. This was one of the most inspirational episodes I've done with you in a long time. Really got my wheels turning. We've got great links in the show notes. And this, by the way, is the first chunk. So we'll call this episode one. So we can't wait to see you both in this one and in the next episode that follows up. All right. Yeah. Well, here's here's the big idea, Dan. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. Um, it's called All In. Bunch of Silicon Valley, big investors one of the original co-founders of PayPal, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the guys was talking and he said, if you think about the evolution of man um, from primitive times, we uh, started out as hunters. And then as communities started growing, we'd become workers, you know, farmers initially, but then whatever else that translates into. And then we start turning towards knowledge. And that means we're going to be creators. And if we've got laborers on one hand, we've got creators on the other, maybe that would be an architect, someone who would design something, but creating huge leverage, the 10x leverage, you know. But the next evolution is becoming a narrator. So, um, and we talked in one of our past episodes about AI, for example, and what's happening. So there's this technology that allows you to speak and say, here's what I want. And the AI will write for you. Um, I just listened yesterday. There was a podcast completely created by an AI. And it's a conversation between Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs. It's a conversation. And for the most part, it sounds fairly believable. And they're just chatting and it's going back and forth. Um, and then there's now Facebook meta came out with a text, tell it what you want, and it'll make videos for you. So AI created movies aren't too far away. Uh, last week, as of now anyway, uh, Elon came out and they talked about the new robot. And the goal is to create this $20,000 robot and initially wants to put it in his own factories. It'll be made out of, and they're leveraging all of the data acquired from self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, 
you know, if you imagine right now, if you had a $20,000 robot and our goal is to get 10X or 100X value out of that, and this mm -hmm. is something that we'll incorporate because a lot of the robot will exist in the cloud. It's going to leverage all of the predictive movement, know how humans move and objects move so it can avoid them. It'll learn quickly in a home environment. And again, it's going to share that wisdom and that knowledge and those capabilities mm -hmm. in the cloud. You'll maybe pay for upgrades. Um, so right away, it'll do all of your menial tasks in your house. Not right away. It's going to take a little while to get there. It'll be between one year and 20 years from now, but let's just say it won't take that long. Mm -hmm. But I thought, what are some of the things that you would assign a robot to do or an AI that would create huge additional capabilities for you and um, 10X or 100X value? Mm -hmm. Or what yeah, do you think about all this? Well, it's really interesting because I had a discussion with Howard Getson about five years ago, and we were at uh, Genius at the annual, the big annual meeting. And, um, you know, because uh, Howard is into AI, he's got an AI hedge fund, yep. you know, which from all reports of other people uh, is doing really, really well. And, uh, and I said, you know, um, they, they keep making the prediction about super intelligence. You know, the computers are going to be super intelligent. Um, and, um, but um, <clears throat> it's very, very hard to establish what intelligence actually means in the context that it's being used because there's sort of a belief that there's a general intelligence, like there's an all knowing AI program. But there's no instance of that anywhere in the world that there's a general intelligence. There's just specific intelligence. Mm -hmm. and, and you don't make your money and I don't make my money, Mike, out of general intelligence. We make our money out of specific intelligence. Okay. And just flash your book uh, so we can see the book here because you've just written this new book, your next act. Okay. So... Here's what I get. I haven't seen the video of the how you actually do it over a three-day period, but you can take people from an idea to a completely packaged company in three days, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you've got all the separate skills around that, which are skills out in the world. I mean, you, you have artists, you have um, video recorders, you have... I mean, you have all the skills so that the person not only creates the company, but they actually package the company, they package the marketing so that on day four, where five days before they just had an idea yep. and they came and they went through your thinking. That's specific intelligence. And this is a result of 30 or 40 years on your part yeah. uh, of testing out different parts of the um strategic thinking process the how to translate your message into you know into right forms and there's probably a hundred different little working parts that you put together yeah okay that's highly specific intelligence okay yeah and but you're doing it um uh, for your reasons and the people who are taking part in it are um doing it for their reasons and um, the person who's actually going through the process, they're doing it for their reasons. 
And all that is specific intelligence. There is no general intelligence, okay? Mm-hmm. And the difference between your intelligence and AI intelligence is that it's not coming up with the idea. That's true. Yep. Okay. And I think that's the difference. That's the difference. And uh, the value, the marketplace value of what you're doing is right now, you can't go down to your local new company in three days, uh, you know, outlet and (laughs) come out with a, and my sense is that if it were that widespread, you wouldn't want to do it because it wouldn't have any value. Yeah, that's, that is very true. Yeah. So if, uh, you know, if, um, uh, AI computer can knock off a video for you, you really don't want to pay very much for that. <laughs> That's true. Okay. But if um, Steven Spielberg got together with an AI and created a video, you'd, you'd, want to, you'd pay a lot for that. So my feeling is the human addition to the AI that gives the uh, AI's product value. Yeah. Very, very true. And no, that's just that's just my initial take on okay. your. So you served, and I don't know if I got back over the net. I don't. Okay. You know, I, well, I don't know. yeah. Let's let's iterate a little bit because um, I do agree. Uh, you know, I think the fear is. There's a so my son Zach is 20 and he's uh going to school right now for filmmaking and philosophy. And this is his big that's a good mix. That's a good hell of a mix. That's a good uh, and right now he is very anti-big technology and terrified of what AI is gonna bring because he's got his nose in the rabbit hole and he's seen what social media has done to his generation. And he's like, I was just talking to him right before we came on here. And he's like, I don't think there's going to be any white collar jobs left in a year. And I'm like, well, I won't go quite like that. Um, But he's got his, his reasons and his thinking for it and where he's, he's getting this from. And I want to go back to the happy side, which is I see AI as a companion. Yeah. So if I can say to the AI while we're doing, we're creating a business, for example, I I need um, three presentation decks about X and I'd like three prototypes I can choose from, I'd treat the AI very similarly to how I treat 99designs where I create mm-hmm. a, a brief and a spec mm-hmm. and I, <clears throat> over a course of a week, I can get and engage 100, and, 100 to 500 designs from a group of 25 to 70 designers and pick from one and then maybe pick the the next two because I like them and I know we can use them. And now I can shorten that cycle to 10 minutes or three minutes, for example. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for ideas to springboard and create momentum. So to us, you know, speed has value and being able to have a time machine on my side is super important. And when you think about the Dan Sullivan way of writing books, which I'm frankly, I'm modeling. I have I, my next one's almost done already. I've been, I decided I'm going to do quarterly books and I built a team 
And, and so Dan needs, first of all, to have time blocked out on his busy calendar. He's got a specific thing he's going to do. He comes up with an idea. He creates an impact filter, passes it on to the team. He narrates an idea. Someone fleshes it out, captures it, puts it in a package. Um, and then some tools get made. It's iterative, but you know, you've got this down. And what if you had a couple AI companions that could enhance the value or enhance mm -hmm. the speed for the team? Mm -hmm. It seems like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I think the the movement towards where instead of being afraid of it, um, because I've got you know, an artist who works for me and, and the first impression is, oh my God, this is going to replace. And it's like, no, I need you to be a greater designer and come up with more ideas faster. And let's turn around and create three or four times more work. You can mm -hmm. benefit from mm -hmm. the improvement in productivity and creativity we get and shorten cycles. Yeah. Well, I can see that in my own world. So I have a production team and we have uh, one, two, three, um, including uh, people at a distance. We have um, four artists um, who work on coach materials. You know, yep. my, book, my book would be one of them and, you know, uh, workshop materials and, you know, marketing materials that go out. And uh, we have three writers. So, you know, in our, we have seven, what would be called the creative team that I was with at an ad agency in 1971 to 74, BBDO, yep. Global. And we were in the Toronto office, number two agency in, mm -hmm. in Toronto. And my team um, can outproduce, they can produce in three days what it would take the creative team in the agency a month to yep. do 1971 and the hidden factor is technology yes it's software it's uh you know it's the uh print technology you know you can lay out complete layouts and uh you know that uh you couldn't you you really couldn't afford to go to finish type unless you had been through weeks and weeks of um, testing out and typewritten sheets and everything like that Yep. And here you can a uh, person can lay out lay out whole pages, whole whole pages automatically. And then, you know, we have editing, but there's automatic editing that you can do first to correct egregious gra grammatical or they'll highlight uh, the the software will highlight um and most advertising language is not grammatical. You know, you don't mm -hmm. have complete sentences, you have you know, you have one word sentences and everything else. But the thing about this is that what you're talking about, there was an intentional force that got all that started and put that all together. Hey, Action Taker, Mike Koenig's here. And I just wanted to interrupt for a second and let you know that if you're ready to reinvent yourself and your business, go to connecttomike.com to learn more and book a conversation with me right now. All right, back to the episode. And I don't see the AI being an intentional force because they have no dreams, they have no meaning. They they just take what already exists and reconfigure it. They take yeah. Joe Rogan's voice and Steve Jobs' voice, and they've got words that each of them has said, and they put it together and they put it into a conversation. And it's a great act and it's enjoyable, but probably not the second time through. Yes. 
Yeah, there's a um a wear out factor. So I've got a couple couple thoughts that go along with this. There's a Franklin Delano Roosevelt quote, which is it's it isn't sufficient to want. You've got to ask yourself what you're going to do to get the things you want. And then what are you going to do after you got what you want? Exactly. I think having a reason why yeah. is is a great driver. So if we start there and um, I'll give you another um, idea based upon what you just shared. This philosophy class, by the way, you and I are having a this, little This is good. This is good. Here. No, this you is, can show, you can uh, present this to your scared 20-year-old. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, uh, this will give them some coziness. So here's the ba basic idea. There's a guy named Rory Sutherland. He's an Ogilvy guy, and he has a, a video, which I will put in our show notes, and I'll send to you. It's called The Psychology of Digital Marketing. And he's a great storyteller. He's been around a long time. And he's talking about solving big problems and using psychology instead of technology. So I'll give you one of the examples he gave, which is the trains and tubes that run between London and Paris, for example. And he mm -hmm. said they spent $6 billion on this new project and their goal is to shave off 14 minutes and um, add more capacity. And he said, I can do that for you in three months for 250,000 pounds. <laughs> and of course you're like, well, which, which is even with the dollar. To, uh, to yeah, yeah, exactly. At, at parity, right. It's just about, yeah. a, I checked it yesterday. It was a buck 11. The euro is below the dollar at the moment, but yeah. um, what a way to date the podcast. What a way to date the podcast, but the, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, yeah, sometimes the, the having the relevance, but now's the time, by the way, to buy expensive European cars um, <laughs> with the dollar. But getting back to the the big idea is he said his biggest issue. Oh, here's here's his quick hack. He said, if all you did was poured someone, I can't remember, was some sort of expensive uh, liquor, and he said hire models to walk up and down the train, you'd say, how do we slow this down? You know, get them drunk and happy and have something to look at. So that'd be one one side. But the other side, as he said, the problem with the train is he said, if you miss a miss your train, it costs you a fortune to rebook. And of course, you're going to lose hours. And he said, so what what do I do? He said, I get there 45 minutes early and I sit around and I wait. He said, if all we had is an app that when you show up, you press a button that says, I'm here, there's other trains going on, which you can't get on right now. Mm -hmm. It would let you get on. And there, and sometimes you, you arrive and you know there's a new train there in five minutes. So mm -hmm. he says, I'd get to my destination 40 minutes earlier, however much, and your capacity would increase because there's a natural loss. And um, we'd have a lot happier people who aren't as anxious. So yeah, the, the, the psychology the value far exceeds the technology value. Yeah. But he said, we as humans, um, he said the psychology behind this is number one, we trust engineering and math and finance because it's defendable. And we can't always defend an assumption or a psychological solution 
that can solve a problem for so much less. It's less defendable. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I think so that can I can I yeah, give you a shortcut around that? Yeah. Don't don't be in a business that uh, is about defending. Totally. Don't be in a defending business. I mean, not that I mean this in a negative way, but you, you and I are in the uh, offending business. Yes, we're not. We're not defending anything. No, no. Uh, yeah. You know, and so I think that the psychology can go further and further here. You know, is that uh, it was like I used to watch boxing. You know, when I was a kid, I'd watch boxing. Still love it. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say, um, man, are they good? That. Boy, they're good. God, look at the body on that uh, that fighter. You know, I mean, just look at the muscles just rippling. And then about the sixth round, and they're beating the crap out of it. But I said, why are they even in the ring in the first place? <laughs> why, why why do they think that this is a good way to make a living? You know, so yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. Just so, ask Muhammad Ali. Um, yeah. Sure that. Yeah. So the so the big thing is that there's uh, whatever is there, uh, humans can always come up with a bypass. Yeah. It's like uh, I don't know if you've been following. I've been following the Ukraine Russian war, mm -hmm. and about five weeks ago, the U.S. delivered twelve new weapons to the uh, Ukraine, and they're called HIMARS. And it's a high, uh, highly mobile rocket system. Yeah. And it's a truck. It's about, uh, you know, it's uh, truck size. And it's got um, uh, three people on it. It's got a driver, a navigator, and uh, a guy who primes the rockets. And there are six yeah. rockets on the back. And they come in a unit. They're prepackaged. Uh, and they have cargo trucks that go all around the route. Uh, hours before, and they drop the packets off so that the truck can always be on the move. Oh, yeah. And these rockets, when you fire it, if you want to land it on somebody's table, it lands on the table 50 miles away. Okay. And wow. the Ameri Americans, uh, they don't, a lot of people don't know this, but the Americans have reconnaissance planes all around the Ukraine, not over Russian territory. Uh -huh. not over Ukraine territory at 40, 50,000 feet, and they're spotting movements, and they'll get the GPS location, and they send it to the, they, they plug it in, it's for all six rockets, when they get all six rockets, each of them has a different destination, mm -hmm. goes to the truck guy, and the truck guy puts it in, and shoot, and that's why all of a sudden the Ukraine has been on the attack for the last four, four days. And the reason is because they have these new weapons and um, the Russian ones aren't precise. They just fire mm -hmm. a lot of rop rockets. Yeah. But these, uh, if there's 12 officers and the U.S. can pick up their iPhone numbers and their, their uh, cell phone numbers, yeah. they say there's 12 of them and they're within 30 feet of each other. Yeah. And you no more 12 Russians. Yeah. And I said, this weapon is changing the face of um, warfare. And the reason is that they just are moving around. As soon as they fire, they move the truck to a, another yeah. location. And uh, and um, I think this is a revolutionary tool. I think this, uh, uh, this is a technology. And the Russians have no response to it uh, because they're so 
backwards in terms of the, you know they throw a lot of people yeah. out a problem and you overwhelm it with people but they can't they can't even get the supplies to the front right now so yeah. anyway uh i think we're we're just in it's just an upper game you know it's yeah. you know my little production company it's not even we're not even an advertising agency can just turn out all sorts of things yes you know, we can turn out videos how 30 years ago, how long did it take you to turn out a 20-minute video? Weeks, for sure, if not months. Yeah. Cost? Cost? Um, it would be tens of per thousands minute, of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Um, even on the cheap, it'd be thousands of dollars per minute, right? But, but uh, we usually quoted people... 20 30 50 thousand dollars for i mean 20 minutes was an enormous amount of labor because of all the people the gear the specialists and now you know and you had your, to sync the sound you had to sync the sound, it, the sound yeah the sound was separate and you sync the yeah and, and, i started i started in film believe it or not so uh and i hated it i was like this sucks so i was i had one of the very first commercial digital video editing system in the in the world, it was called the digital FX, and it was based on the Edit Droid from Lucas. Um, so it was modeled after that. And yeah. I was in the. Go back, in the 80s. So go back to your AI. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, we're using it already because a lot of our Salesforce uh, uh, capabilities that we picked up from sale. We our whole company is now based on Salesforce. Yep. <clears throat> All twelve sections of the company are unified on a single Salesforce <clears throat> and we're having our best sales months we ever had. Yep. And it's, <clears throat> you know, it's, um, it's just the technological capability that we've had to our, uh, we've multiplied our teamwork capability with the technology capability. Yes. <clears throat> so is there any difference of kind with the AI different from any other technology that you took advantage of over the last 30 years? Well, here's the word that popped into my head while I was listening to you. I think the distinction is the word iteration. It's the speed of iteration. And if you think about it, if you and I can sit down and invent an idea, and then we will have a dialogue, right? And I can, we, you can dialogue and you go imagine this. And then we, we say yes and, right? We're, we're essentially, doing improv together. And what we'll do is design a narrative message that will result at some point, one of us will say, I would buy that, or I know someone who would buy it. And what AI would enable you to do, where if like, let's go back to the video example, we'd say, great, let's create a narrative and a storyboard right now. We're gonna pass that along to a script writer, and then we're gonna hire the talent and stuff like that, and we'll make a video. So if we were really good and fast three, five, eight weeks later, we'd have a rough cut, spend two weeks going back and forth and have a polished version. Maybe you could do it faster, but it's going to be slow because, you know, there might be animation and visuals and, you know, old timey days. But now if we had an AI, I mean, if we do it right now, you and I can have the dialogue and then we could actually make the video, record it and then distribute it. Or we could pass that along and say, hey, creative team, take this and then turn it into the next thing. But now we can take our narrative and instruct the AI 
and have it work on three or five or 10 variants simultaneously. And then we'll pick the best parts of each one and say, take this and this and this and marry it together. Yeah. So I think iteration and mashing up, um, but we start with the intention and the outcome and the goal. And along the way, if you had your Salesforce know-how, which is, you know, the, you're capturing a lot of wisdom about your ideal customer. You can look at a market segment and say, we know that in um, three cities is the concentration of strategic coaches' best customers. They have demographic psychographics and they're in this industry. Now we could tell the AI, show us the most effective marketing hooks that have shown up on social media, on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn that speak to this audience. And we'd probably get a whole bunch of headline hooks from that, right? We could yeah. do that in an afternoon. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. It's still, uh, it's still output. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what we've discovered, and this is our best um, sales year. We've never had a sales year. We hit our um, end of December uh, goals in the first week of September this, this year. Awesome. Congratulations. Can I tell you what the change is? Uh, We don't tell them about the program. So first of all, we get a lot of leads now. So we're getting a lot. We're getting about 500 leads a month uh, through our system. And they get, uh, you know, they get filtered. We filter them. We send out some information. And then there's a next stage where they agree to go through an R Factor DOS conversation with one of our team members. Yep. Okay. And if they do that, that qualifies them to come to a taster workshop with Dan. Yep. Okay. And I start off and I say, you know, you're entrepreneurs. You came here for your own entrepreneurial reasons. I bet you have some possibilities in mind that um, uh, you would really like to be able to think about these possibilities in a more structured, systematic way. So I'm just going to have you brainstorm uh, your biggest possibilities right now. Just brainstorm for a couple of minutes. We have workshop notes here. Just write down. And um, and now I want you to do is I'd like you to take a possibility that you just like to think through really, really quickly. And not only that, but attach it this possibility to the team that's actually going to help you achieve it. Okay. Mm. And then, I them, then I run them through a certainty uncertainty, um, our tool called certainty on uncertainty. And then we put them in breakout groups of three and four. And, um, and uh, they come out and I say, well, what'd you think about that? Because um, what you just did is what happens in a strategic coach program. So right. how'd, how'd that feel? You know, uh, how how'd your, was your thinking good and everything else? And at a certain point, you say, do you notice how, how much I preached at you so far in the presentation? Have I told you anything? Have I told you anything? Right. But how many of you have uh, a really totally different view of this possibility? And we want to indicate to you that you can do this with any possibility. And how does that feel? And then we have another thing, which is called the who who expander. Yeah. So I said, put the pos. You're in the middle, and this is the possibility. That's the little circle in the middle, and then there's a big circle on the outside, and that's the completed. 
the completed uh, possibilities now become a reality. And in five boxes, just say the five people who are actually going to do all the work for you. Yeah. And they do the five works. And, um, <clears throat> and um, so first week we had 31 sales from 120 in the audience. Yep. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> and that was uh, into signature program. Oh, everything goes into signature. No, yep. and, uh, you can't, you can't jump to one of the higher forms. You have to go through signature. Yep. You have to spend a minimum in signature and you can jump. So I just had a person yesterday, he jumped to 10 times. And, um, so this was his first taste of 10 times. And he says, I'm in, he said, I love it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, he said, the format's the same for 10 times, but he says the people I'm with are totally different. And I said, yep. It, yes. And that would be um, when I listen to you right now. So I was just talking to someone that I actually um, referred into strategic coach is in the medical world. And um, it's a she in this case. And she just got invited into free zone. So she's been in the program long enough to get invited in. And she was asking me, is That'd it be worth a minimum it? of two years? That would be a minimum yep. of two years. Yeah, that's right. She, she just completed her second year anniversary. And um, she says, is it worth it? And I said, well, if, uh, you know, I gave her all the reasons why I think it'd be the best investment she'll ever make in herself and her business, um, where you look at signature, learning the, the vocabulary. So well, self-managing company, you learn what a self-managing company is. Yeah. What has to be freed up is you, you know, and uh, right. the way you're doing it right now, you're maxed out in terms of how you're using your time. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. And so what we want to do is show that you should only do two or three things. Okay. And then we want you to see what this looks like if you have 10 times goals yeah. and building a 10 times self-managing company. And what would that look like? Right. And then you want to jump to the point where you have a great company <clears throat> and somebody else has a great company and you can put two capabilities together to create something that doesn't exist in the marketplace. Yes. That's free zone. Yes. And that that is um you know in a way when I'm listening to you right now um is you're sending people through a positive moving future what it looks like and making the possibility real inside your taster experience yeah. and then um when they get to experience it with someone else in their same position and have the aha, that's going to create reinforcement without you doing anything with it. You know, that's the, the beauty of community.